once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can find us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. You can find links to all our social sites and podcast sites where you can find us at HorizonRoundtable.com slash subscribe. Become a patron at Patreon.com slash HorizonRoundtable. Um, and Matt, before we get started, I do have a programming note. I will be jumping on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash at HorizonRoundtable. Um, at 7.30 Eastern on Friday, March 1st. I got a special announcement to make live, so be sure you're there to join me. You don't want to miss it. So now that that's out of the way, let's, let's go ahead and get into Oakland. I know we have a lot of talk. I know we have to, things to talk about at the bottom of the standings, actually in the middle of the standings too, but Oakland's at the top of the heap, and they're really in the, I think they're really in the driver's seat to take the regular season title and the number one seed in the tournament that goes along with it. I mean, like, yes, they should. I, as someone who has watched Oakland basketball for 20-plus years, um, I'm not as uh, confident as you are, but it's just because I've been burned enough. And, like, everything pretty much says Oakland – this is Oakland's to, to lose at this point. They they have yeah. the, I think, the easiest of the ske- remaining schedules. They do. Uh, they, only have one, they only have one road game coming up here. Yes. Uh, is that the one? Is that at Bobby Mo? Is that that right? Yeah, it is at Robert Boris, and we'll we'll talk about their woes a little later on. Uh, right. But so they have to go to the, Bobby Mo, but otherwise everything else is coming to them, and that's Wright State and Detroit. That's right. And and they beat Wright State at the Nether Center not even a week ago, and uh, they had a very good week as it was. Um, Purdue Fort Wayne. They had to go to Purdue Fort Wayne and. Again, Purdue-Fort Wayne, probably going to win 20 games, probably going to finish in like eighth place. That doesn't make any sense to me. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that we, later. Yeah, we will absolutely get into them because they are a statistical anomaly. Yeah. Well, you know, not a statistical anomaly is uh, IUPUI. We'll, we'll get to them a little later on because um, the other big news of the week directly relates to them as well. Um, but yeah, they already beat. Oakland already beat Wright State on the road at another center. At the another center, always a tough place to play, and beat them by fourteen. And that's and when you look at Green Bay's schedule, and Green Bay only played once this week, and 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 the one game they did play was well, not great because they lost by one to Northern Kentucky. Um, I mean, it was a it was a good was, game. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But was not actually, the outcome that Green the, Bay would want. Actually, both no. of the Northern Kentucky games at Wisconsin were awesome. I love those. Those are great. That is that is great basketball and also kind of Horizon going to Horizon's going to Horizon right there. Just the epitome of Horizon's going to Horizon. I mean, not to jump around a ton, but like just in general. I mean, we'll get back to Oakland in a second because that's where you wanted yeah. to start. But like. It was a really good, fun week for Horizon League basketball. It really was. Um, you know, we, you, so let, let's let's kind of recap. You wanted to start with Oakland, so let's start with I mean, Oakland I do. Purdue Fort Wayne at Fort Wayne, which they has did. been a bit of a house of horrors for, for Oakland personally. Indeed, um, and they just they whooped up on 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 IUPUI, and um, <laughs> I know there are some Oakland fans I'm sure who are very depressed that they didn't win by fifty. But the fact that they were close to they were actually up by city at one point in time during a this few game. points, including to, at the I, end. I mean, they, they, they yeah. Uh, have you ever? I, I don't remember a fifty point in conference no. win. I don't even remember a forty. That was no. And if you didn't watch the game because there was there was a much to watch, one thing you might have missed if is uh. They did that without Blake Lampman, who's been, you know, kind they of a, the, the leader of that, that team. And I mean, obviously shoots well at times and um, but they 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 sat him down. He's, he's fighting through injuries. That's not a secret. And it seemed like a good game yeah. for him to kind of Swearly. take a minute. And uh, instead, Jack Golke just put up 10 threes instead. Tied a school was, record, if I'm not mistaken. Nope, one short. 11 is the record from Travis Bader. So he was one short. Um I mean, I don't know that that three point that three point record for Oakland seems like a very well defended title. 
given all the three-point shooters that have have have, uh, have come in and out of Oakland over the years. Yeah, it's it was in. I mean, Golki hit a couple yesterday that I was laughing, like sitting there by myself watching this game, just laughing. Oh, yeah. my, my wife's like, "What are you laughing?" At? I was like, "You wouldn't. Don't worry about it." Like, I mean, yeah, just some stupid shots. Uh, yeah, and um, but yeah, they they from 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 whistle to whistle, that was it was all Oakland without a doubt. That was a. That was basically it. I I hate to say it was pretty much an exhibition game, but good lord, it just seemed no, like it. The Oakland's exhibition games were closer than that. Yeah, they were. I mean, they lost to uh, Walsh, right? Yeah, like. Yeah, they did. Like a long time ago now, but you know, like it's amazing I mean, that, that this is the same team that lost to Walsh and just beating up on IUPUI like they're absolutely nothing. It's like, not the same team. That that's the thing. Um, you know what? And in this game, Greg Campy said it at the halftime. Best, you know, they they Oakland does something that I haven't seen from other schools, which drives me nuts. Like Campy will talk at half before going to the locker room. I mean, he'll talk after the game, win, lose, like yeah. all Oakland home games. He does that. Um, and he said it at the half, he goes, "We've got better players and better athletes." Yeah. And just for oh, for it was so obvious say that, that but for him to say the quiet part out loud kind of just tells you. Yeah. There was no sugarcoating it. They were the better team, and it was ugly. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Almost a 50-point in in conference. I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, and – but as I'm – look, by the way, as I'm – like I said, we'll talk about whatever the hell's going on with IEPUI a a little later on. But when you look at um, the schedule – the the end of the schedule, we have – so Green Bay has four games left right now. Oakland has three. Um, Oak, uh, Green Bay really has the 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 hardest schedule between the two because they still have to play Fort Wayne. They still have to play Youngstown State. They have to go to Cleveland State, and they have to go to Milwaukee. And if you don't think Milwaukee's looking for some revenge from the first game, yeah, I'm going to guess that they are. So. Well- and if if you look at the top of the league in the uh, the the math, the, the people that are smarter than than you and I, I'll even put you in oh, this. Yes. I usually just say me. Uh, Oakland's got an eighty five percent chance to end up yep. in first. Green Bay has the other fifteen percent. So it's pretty. It's we're down to a two team race. I mean, technically, Youngstown. Oh, State without a doubt. And by the way, I should also point out Oakland. They are guaranteed a first round buy. First round yes. buy and a hosting a home game. They are Which guaranteed. Is really, what they cared about. Yeah, that that exactly. that has been a a goal for them. Yeah, they are guaranteed that um, they're pretty much guaranteed first or second. But Green Bay could still fall all the way down to fifth easily. I mean, actually, Green Bay could fall all the way to eighth, but pretty unlikely. But could yeah. I mean they have a three percent chance of even still falling to fifth. Um, yeah. it's in, but, it's it, it is interesting how that works. But um, and uh, like they got such a tough schedule. And um, I guess we should point out one other thing because there is a possibility that both Oakland and Green Bay could run the table at the end of the season. And then it comes up to, and then it becomes a matter of who wins next week's game between Cleveland State and Northern Kentucky. It, it gets, well, and I mean, if Green Bay and Oakland are tied, then it comes down to, you know, third play. You know, we, we've, we've done this podcast before where we tried to break down the. Oh yeah, the, and we're terrible the, at it. Because, and we're stop, we're gonna not do that. We're we're insane. I'm I'm but, done yeah. at Youngstown State in third. If Youngstown State is in third in those like in, in the head to heads with them, I'm I'm done breaking that down. But right now, Oakland would have the tiebreaker over Green Bay with Youngstown State in third. That's all I know. Okay. Well, past that, I, mean, I I'm not smart enough. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah, I, I, if you're yeah, if you're an Oakland fan, you're uh, a Northern Kentucky fan next week, and if they don't, and if Northern Kentucky doesn't win, you're a Cleveland State fan the week after because Cleveland State still has to play Green Bay, and again, Cleveland State at the Wolstein Center make it make sense that they are virtually indestructible. Milwaukee and Wright State notwithstanding, because they can never seem to figure those two teams out in the regular season. I don't know why they just can't. Cleveland State's just wildly inconsistent. I don't know what to make of them anymore. Like, I watch some games, I'm like, wow, they're really good teams. And then you watch other games, you're like, what the hell are they doing? 
I don't know. And do you, do you, I mean, I should be bald right now because I'm pulling my hair. I should be pulling my hair out wondering what the hell Cleveland State is doing. No idea. You have Tristan and Aruna who is like average, who is like scoring 20 plus points a game nearly every single game in the conference schedule. Every single time. And they're still only like nine and seven in the conference. I don't understand that at all. Uh, is I, it a, I, is it a defensive breakdown? Is it the fact that you know the the support you know they 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 can't figure out who's going to be the number two on that one? I don't know. I don't get it. But it's weird as hell. And it even it, making it even weirder is they beat a Youngstown State team by eight points that they got whooped on at Bigley. That that game at Bigley wasn't even close. And Youngstown State had an opportunity to stay close with these guys and still be in the conversation. Now they need a whole mess load of stuff to have. I mean, they they have like a, they have to like. I mean, they have like a less they they have a less than one percent chance of making uh, of being the one uh, being the regular season champs now because they lost to Cleveland State. They actually have a higher chance of being the seven seed in this tournament than than winning and being in first. Yeah, it's which insane. I don't think either of those is happening. But still, like that just tell like. For Absolutely. a game that that they were, you know, and it's not like Cleveland State took a buzz wire to wire. Youngstown looked dominant. Oh, no, and that was a back was and leading forth. Most of this but, game. Yeah, they were. And then, as seems to be the case at the Wolstein Center all the time, they put it in another gear and run away. And you know, they handle their business. And yeah, I don't really understand that myself. Now, Youngstown State also has the other problem of the fact that they're going, they got to go up to Wisconsin and play there. Tough trip. And that's not going to be easy either, especially when you consider that Green Bay already beat Youngstown State at Youngstown State. And that that's something to watch. Again, getting into that weird tiebreaker thing, not going too far down the rabbit hole, that, that's definitely something to watch. If Green Bay can sweep Youngstown the way Oakland did, then that negates the, that tiebreaker, which would be yeah, huge exactly. for them. So. Which is why the which is why the which is why the Cleveland State Northern Kentucky game comes it becomes so critical for both of these teams if they do in fact run the table. And Northern Kentucky had an opportunity to uh, be in the conversation themselves, but once again, nobody has been able to get the nobody's been able to crack the Wisconsin code. That's for sure. They had an opportunity to sweep that game, probably an outstanding game, by the way. Just a I have to say this because this has come up many, many times, especially given the change in the idiotic change in the the bidding formula or whatever the hell they the bidding rules for the NIT, where they basically just want some jabronis from the power six to come in and you know, a bunch of kids are not gonna give a shit. They're not. Instead of, you know, some mid-major teams that are gonna provide some excitement because they're, you know, they're gonna be like the teams they're going to bring in are like consistent 20 game winning teams and they're not going to be they're going to be slouches but they're going to get passed over for what for a fan base that probably isn't going to be as engaged as you think they are yeah what? they don't really care and that's fine but then that's why you give teams like Horizon League champion that doesn't make the tournament the opportunity but well, no well well then it gets worse too because then you have the CBI who doesn't do dick shit either Oh, we're going to stay at 16 teams. And nobody else steps up. So, you know, I hate to say this, but, Matt, you know, I think we, Matt, we need, we're we on our own. We're going to have to cobble together all the mid-major, uh, all the mid-major fans and, you know, come up with something on our own. That's it. Sure good time. Year. Yeah. yeah. You failed us, Vegas 16. That's what you did. Hope you're listening. That's all right. That's us. all right. But, all right. um. Anyway. In the Horizon League currently. <laughs> Let's get back to that. Back at the, going back to the Horizon League. Um, all right. So so this is the time where we need to talk about IUPUI and how absolutely in deep, deep trouble Matt Crenshaw is right now. <laughs> Hold on. Um, we, as, we talk, as we start to talk about this, can we talk about my favorite angle from the IUPUI Detroit matchup on Valentine's Day? Oh, please, let's. One of the referees yeah. who has been in the Horizon League for a couple of years, but uh, it came out that um, actually he had never refereed a Greg Campy game um, that came out oh. with the Greg Campy show. 
um, because they were talking about how weird it is that Campy hasn't gotten a technical this year, which is weird. Um, and he yeah, said it's, it because, you know, he, it's because he knows all the referees. So he'll say something that maybe 10 years ago would have gotten him a tech. And now they laugh at him and be like, yep, I've made a lot of bad calls. And they all just kind of move on. Like, <laughs> it's weird. But there was a new referee for Greg Campy on Wednesday. Again, Valentine's Day. That's important. In the IUPUI Detroit, or I'm sorry, in the, um, this was the Oakland-Fort Wayne game. I'm sorry. I yes. got myself all mixed up. I'm sorry. This is not I, – I got myself mixed up on my Valentine's games. I apologize. That's okay because we, we. this is a story that needs to be told, Matt. This is a story okay. that needs to be told. It was a terrible transition because I got myself mixed up. But in the Oakland-Purdue-Fort yeah. Wayne game, we forgot to mention, again, Valentine's Day, was Diggy um, – what is Diggy's last name? I didn't have it pulled up here. It doesn't matter. He goes by Diggy um, Moreland, I think. Diggy Moreland. And uh, referee Diggy Moreland's story is fun because he's been a reality TV star and been on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise in, in previous stops in his life. That is and amazing. I think that's hysterical. So when John Nolan comes on to start the broadcast with a rose and we have Diggy Moreland uh, references and Bachelor and Roses and all of this, I've never watched an episode of The Bachelor, but familiar enough. Um, I just think that's hysterical. So uh, anytime that you're a fan at a game and Diggy Moreland is officiating, make sure you let him know that you really appreciated his time on The Bachelor, even if you've never watched an episode of The Bachelor. So fun story, poor transition. I I love these fun facts about the Horizon League and some of the people around, including former Bachelor star Diggy Moreland. Back to IUPUI in Detroit, who also played on Valentine's Day. And there was... uh, there was no love there unless you're a Detroit fan, especially the one fan. That the was one love. fan. Oh my God. So yeah. So Detroit Mercy finally won. They finally win. Congratulations. You finally won a game. It wasn't even really that close. I mean, it, it, it is, it is kind of hard to explain how Detroit Mercy was a favorite in this game. But as you looked, as you watched that game, as you watched that game, you saw why. Because we've team. talked and we've talked about this a while. Detroit Mercy isn't they. Do, it's not that they don't have the players to be able to pull off a win. They had multiple opportunities to pull off a win before this happened. Before they beat IUPY, they had multiple opportunities. To do so, they just never have because of all kinds of ridiculous stuff that goes on that we don't know. And it, it's a thing. But when you look at IUPUI and the week that they had, and kind of not just the week that they had, it's basically been going on for about a month now since since they beat Purdue Fort Wayne, where we thought they actually might have, you know, they might have gotten over the hump or something. I think they've averaged they they're average they've I think they've lost by an average of over 20 points a game. And I'm counting the game that they only lost by single digits to Wright State. Every single other one of these games haven't even been close for IUPUI. It is bad over there. I mean, it is bad with a capital B to the point where when they transition over to IUI, I don't think Matt Crenshaw's going with them. And I and I hate that well, see, because I, I like Matt Crenshaw a lot. Yeah. And yeah, we do absolutely. But you know, the facts are the facts, man. It, it your team is me. You would hope that even at the end of the season, your team would at least be competing. You see Detroit Mercy struggling. They were winless up until Valentine's Day. At least you saw them competing. At least you saw them trying to do something. Trying to do it. They just couldn't do it. You at least see them doing that. You even saw them doing that against Purdue Fort Wayne until they ultimately ran out of gas. And that's usually what it's been for them. Yeah, it's usually been. but, but, But at least they're like, at least they're making an effort. Well, and I think that's you just you just brought up the the key factor to this win is both teams are going to run out of gas because IUPUI also runs out of gas, and uh, it it was a matter of whose car went further when when the gas was still in in the tank, and 
Detroit Mercies did. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out how that is possible when you have an IUPUI team that, at least on paper, was, had, was a little deeper than, than Detroit Mercies, as they proved in Indianapolis. Now, mind you, they didn't have Jaden Stone with them. But then again, IUPUI didn't have J- Jalen Counter. Yeah, that's and yeah, it was a wash. And Detroit Mercy actually had a couple of additional weapons they didn't have before. And you don't get it. I mean, you know, I don't know what to say about IUPUI. I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be, uh, I think we're going to be looking at, at a coaching change there. Uh, I really do. I What's funny not. is, I don't know if we're going to do – I don't know if the same as can be said for Detroit Mercy. Uh, it, I seems, legitimately it seems like they can't. They, it seems, seems like they can't. It seems like they're going to uh, – And he's got one more year. Yeah. So unless my, uh, Mike Davis walks away, which would be the best thing for Detroit Mercy, they what, got one more year want? of Mike Davis. And unfortunately, that includes a one more year of Mike Davis Jr., but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. and. I know Detroit Mercy fans are inexplicably optimistic about next year. Guys, I'm not. Ow. They always are. I, you know what? I, I used to I, just I mean, like laugh at it, but now I, I give them a lot of credit. Th- those, those people post on their message board, and they are diehard till the end, optimists. Like, they're probably all Detroit Lions fans. I mean, too. I should like, understand I it. it being a Browns fan, but I just don't. I don't even understand why Browns fans do it every year to themselves. So I'm definitely know. not going to why Detroit Mercy fans do it. You know why Detroit Mercy fans do it? I have this answer. So you can be the one guy storming the court. Yeah. That's why. The one guy guy court storming. And Tony Paul tracked that guy down, I guess. He did. Um, That guy definitely looks like a guy who spent money on his tickets to be down the court side. He earned every penny. Uh, Yeah, he, he earned that court storm. He do you, do you know what, you, we, we talk about the one fan, but there was one other really, really big fan of Detroit Mercy on that day. Do you know who that is? Um, no, please. Who would that be? The other biggest fan of that Detroit Mercy win that probably would have stormed the court if they were there that day was Greg Campy, who was openly is... rooting for Detroit Mercy to win because he did not want a winless Detroit Mercy coming into Oakland on senior night. Oh, no, that would have been very awkward now they can he, just beat him now they yep. can just beat him up without any uh without without being you know having a guilty conscience about it they yeah greg campy has was a very big detroit mercy fan lately i don't know if that'll continue now that they have a win or not but actually you know he said that he hopes they went out the rest of the season except for the oakland game because them beating other teams helps oakland at this point that is while that is true um i don't see it um i, I just kind of don't because they got to go to and they got to play Wright State. Although right, I got although Wright State did make it kind of interesting on them last time, because Wright State couldn't figure out if they wanted to like pound them or keep it close. That seemed kind of awkward to me. Well, Detroit Mercy, you know, fresh off their first win of the season, promptly lost again to Fort Wayne. So they did, yeah. And I don't see, yeah, Wright State notwithstanding, I don't necessarily see because they because Detroit Mercy only has two games, three games left. They have. The right state game, and if I'm Scott Nagy, I'm making whatever adjustments I need to make to make sure that that 18 point win, the the 18 point lead they had, doesn't evaporate this time. That would be nice. Kind of do what right state does constantly does to Robert Morris, which I don't get. But Detroit Mercy also has Youngstown State, who just at Youngstown, and remember Youngstown State whooped on them by 40 at Callahan. And do you really want to play Youngstown State at this point? They're mad. They're going to beat up on you. It's an and then, of course, I got the. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I, as I have said, the, that IUPUI game was the best chance that they had. Um, I will say one thing that I did also appreciate throughout the week um, during the Detroit broadcast, Detroit Mercy broadcast, is that they, they did a lot of tributes to Earl Kierton. A lot of them. I thought it was great. I thought those were very. Um, 
very yeah you know, it's just they got every, every anybody you could think of that has been or has ever been associated with Detroit Mercy or even the city of Detroit i mean they had all kinds of folks on there just paying tribute to them it was it was it was very nice to see the ec buttons were a nice touch again not to keep bringing it back to him greg campy rocking the ec button during the iupui yeah. game cuz he wasn't out there but big big earl Curitan person so that was cool to see like the easy button, the, you know, the lots of tributes. Um, man, still sucks. I know, still weird. Man, yeah, it's yeah, and it's yeah because you think about that and you're like, because you got Jeremy Otto on there, and you're thinking at some point in time you're gonna hear another voice at some point, and you just don't. And it's just like, man, it it, even, it hits it hits that much you, harder. You think you're gonna hear another voice? You hope to hear another voice, and it never comes now i know that's sad yeah so anyway now that i'm all depressed and stuff well let's let's change that up so you mentioned a team that we haven't talked about a lot and here's the thing that's weird Wright state has had a lot a really weird season and there's been so many times we've been like yeah what the hell is going on at the nunder center but you know what at the end of the day that team is probably going to end up in fourth place with the body. But see, this is this is the, the, again, this is the embodiment of Horizons Gonna Horizon, where you have a Purdue Fort Wayne team who is a Purdue Fort Wayne team who is probably gonna win 20 games and finish like near the bottom of the standings, while where whereas you have a Wright State team who has struggled to stay above 500, who's probably gonna finish in the top four. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's just just the a weird weird dynamic it's there. Great, but... I, I think it's and this is. I gotta say though, this, I mean, and I gotta say it's it's weird in the fact that in the preseason we had a conversation about this. Although you were kind of not on this bandwagon as much as others. When when Tanner Holden came back, we thought that, you know, a, a lot of folks thought this was going to be a juggernaut of a team. It was going to be it was going to be they were going to be almost invincible. And this season has pretty much bore out where, yeah, there have been instances where they've been kind of unbeatable. But there have also been instances where I don't know where their heads are at. And it's been like that the whole entire season. And it's. It, this is why I didn't have them picked finished first. Of course, I had Northern Kentucky, and <laughs> things haven't bore out that way either. Well, you know, we, we'll sit here, and you can say it about any team. Like, oh, yeah, they can be dangerous. They have this player, this player. I don't want to see Wright State in the in the tournament. No. I don't know if you want to see. And, I, and I've alluded to this multiple times where that that one through nine, I'm even again, I'm even going to put Robert Morris into this. One through nine has the ability to beat each other. And they have proven that time and time again. That is how that that a team like that the teams at the top have been able to withstand that is a test is the reason why they're at the top of the standings. And I don't expect that that's gonna change anytime soon. Definitely not gonna change near the end of the season, that's for sure. But I will say this, I don't know why, but Robert Morris does not match up with Wright State very well at all. Like, I'm at not, all. It's not even close. I don't get it. I'm, I'm not sure who Robert Morris really matches up well with. Like, that, they're just not a well-constructed team to be like, this is what they do well, and they would be this person's kryptonite. But they've had some games where, you know, Wainwright is hot and Justice Williams is is playing his game and like they can put it together. Yeah. But at no point have I been like, this team could dominate this team based on this. Yeah. I mean, the games that they have won are games that we didn't expect them to win, but they, they didn't win anyway. Like, did you expect them to beat Milwaukee? No. Did you expect them to beat Purdue Fort Wayne? At the time that they beat Peru for Wayne, no, not at all. Did you expect them to? Uh, did you expect Detroit Mercy to take them to double overtime? No, not either. But still, 
I mean, there's a reason that team is four games under 500. Yeah. And, and just like with, and I am getting very concerned with, with Andy tools future as well. Uh, clearly the, you know, after what is this? The fourth season we've been doing this, uh, that Robert Morris has been here fourth season. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going very well. It's, you know, this is, this is probably a team that just runs through the NEC with no problem, but it hasn't translated in as far as the Horizon League is concerned. Um, you know, I wasn't concerned for Andy Tool because I don't know that Robert Morris could do any better, and he's a very good coach. I just think he hasn't uh-huh. been able to put together at the Horizon League level. But one thing that's kind of changed my opinion on that was Robert Morris firing their women's coach mid-season. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe we are interested in making changes. Yeah, that well, and I thought about that too. I thought about that too because um obviously the um long yeah, uh Biscalia, whose family has been coaching the Robert Morris women's team for like a million years. Well, that's the um, other thing. Like that's that's history there too, you know, like yeah, that they were willing exactly. to part ways with not even at the end of a season, like mid-season screw like, it. Not even mid-season, there were like five games left in the season. That's the crazy part. Like, yeah, yeah he's stepping down just, uh, you know, he's, he's out of there. My, the only thing I can think of, though, is does this athletic director want to run two searches at the same time? I guess that's my only question about that. Do they want to run two searches for two coaches of their two crown jewel sports at the same time? I mean, it's not like they've never done it before. They had to do it with both of their hockey teams, mostly because somebody thought they should get rid of them for a year. Whoever thought that was a good idea probably shouldn't be there anymore. Oh, wait, they're not. Never mind. Um, Well, and Chris King, who's the AD over at RMU, has shown that he wants to do things well and do make things right. And you know what? Without a doubt. I, I have no reason to doubt that he he would. He's willing to, you know, he's willing to run two searches. I mean, it's looking more than likely, isn't it? Uh, you know, yes, but I, I, if I had to had to make a prediction right now, no. I, I, I think Andy Tool's still here next year. Interesting. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there are I, – I see the argument to keeping him, um, giving him one more chance. And again, this is not a bad team. It's just, it's just not to the level. It's as far as the Horizon League is concerned, it's just not good enough. And I don't know if just not good enough is going to cut it. So who's to say? But yeah, I, I, I see his seat is clearly very warm. Um, Matt Crenshaw's seat is absolutely on fire right now. I mean, um, I'm honestly surprised Matt Crenshaw got out of Michigan still as the coach. <laughs> Seriously, the way that week that week this week went for them, ugh. Yeah, that's gonna was, be a- was not a, not a good week for IUPUI. That's that's for sure. I mean, absolutely. Who? No. Okay, we 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 let off this episode saying we're gonna talk about Oakland because it was a good week for Oakland. Okay, we've done that. Who yes. else would you say was a good week for? Let's say Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee had a pretty good week. I mean, they're in the middle of the standings, but they had a pretty good week. Yeah, I mean, they topped Cleveland State and Northern Kentucky, so that that's a good week. That they, they had an outstanding week because, um, and both of those were really close. Again, we talk about those exciting games. We had two of them from Milwaukee this time, and the Milwaukee, the win at Cleveland State at the Wolfstein Center was even more impressive with when you consider the fact that B.J. Freeman was not playing during that game he didn't play he was out for with an illness in fact during the northern kentucky game he had to come off he came off the bench because he didn't practice uh he didn't practice the day before it's nice when he came so he was still feeling 11 rebounds off your bench you know yeah hey great yeah great contribution when you get it um i feel bad for bj freeman because i think all this time he's been missing um, from the conference schedule, I think that does affect 
uh, where he'll be placed in the postseason kind of awards and whatnot. Um, not his fault, but you know, you can't really do anything about that. And plus, you have a handful of players that are have been having just as good a seasons as him and have been ha- have been playing the whole time. So he kind of suffers from that, unfortunately, I think. I, I think that's uh, next week's episode, Bob. M- mark this down. Next week, we're going to recap things and talk about things like we always do, but we're going to use our players of the of the year we, as as the catalyst for the, all the conversation. You have to bring up indeed whoever. Indeed, we will. Yeah. Because it's it's time to start campaigning for some people. It It is. It is indeed. Um, it certainly is. Um, I will say this. Um, so we have um, – so – Again, we still kind of have a log jam, like right in the middle of the state. It seems like we always do, and we do again, once again. Um, thanks to uh, Northern Kentucky, he's the last second shot. Angelo Stewart, if I if I didn't mention, I thought of anybody on that Milwaukee bench who was going to hit the winning shot, I probably would not have thought of Angelo Stewart. I'm not sure I could have told you Angelo Stewart was on that roster by name. I've seen him. Um he, he he plays. I've seen him play some minutes. Um, but yeah, he hit the winning shot with 1.4 seconds left. Um, I guess they drew it up because they were down by two, and they uh, Bartlett drew it up that Faison Fields was going to drive to the basket, but he got just he got swallowed up. So he had to he had to you know find an outlet like really quick and there Angelo Stewart was sitting behind the three point line. Risky move that paid off. And now Cleveland State, Milwaukee, and Northern Kentucky are all nine and seven. So fun. I I again Milwaukee, one of those teams where you kind of expected them to be a lot better, a lot higher up in the standings that they are. They're kind of in the same boat as Wright State at this point, except Wright State obviously is top four right now. Although, as we point out, Wright State is still within a game of these guys. So if Wright State messes up somewhere, one of these three teams below them can step up and sl- uh, slide into that uh, that four spot. So yeah. So you guys better be careful. And one team probably will do that. Um and one team is probably going to run the risk of uh, being uh, competing with Purdue Fort Wayne with that for that uh, for that seven and eight spot, which is probably going to be the loser of the Cleveland State Northern Kentucky game. I had I had Milwaukee second this year. I just want that to be known. Like I'm I'm willing to, yeah. to eat that. Like I had I had them second, right state three. So I guess right state three, right state four. Not not too far off. But like yeah. Milwaukee's just been a, a weird team for for. I mean, really a couple seasons, but like the Bart Lundy magic's there, but at the same time, it just never seems solid. It seems very yeah. volatile at all times. Well, I think one of the other problems that they have is the fact they keep losing guys. And they were taught, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the way it is. I mean, that's the trade mercy. You, when you lose that many guys in the middle, you're going to have some problems. And that's what they keep doing. Yeah. They keep losing guys. Which is a problem. You lose guys to either injury or they're leave, they're just they're you know depart they they're they're departed from the team. So they lost like at least four or five guys that way. You know, you know I was listening to the broadcast and Dwayne Larrabee's like you know Pierce Spencer was supposed to be the the point guard for this team and now I'm not sure he's ever gonna play. I'm like oh wow that's dark and foreboding. How bad's his injury? Ugh. That seems bad. Is that bad? It sounds bad. Yeah, sounds really bad. I got to say this, though. Man, I don't know what's – every time I turn around – and I think I mentioned said this about Faison Fields a couple weeks ago where he always seems to end up on the ground writhing in pain. Trey Robinson does the exact same thing. There was at least two or three occasions in the last two weeks where he was on the ground, and I thought he wasn't coming back for the rest of the game. And then somehow, ten minutes later, there he is, pops back up. They're, they're they're like soccer players. I guess. I don't know. Get yeah. the stretcher. Great. I think they're dead. Oh, they're back. All good. I mean, really, it looked like, yeah. And that is, that's Trey Robinson in a nutshell, man. And that is a guy, that is absolutely a guy that Northern Kentucky can ill afford to lose. Northern Kentucky's other problem against uh, Milwaukee is the uh, big men kept fouling a lot. 
Like, why are you doing that? I don't know. Well, you you mentioned Northern Kentucky here and their big men, and uh, I want to look ahead to this next upcoming week because Northern Kentucky oh, yes. is hosting Cleveland State, and the Atijere, uh Enaruna matchup is something that Ooh, I yeah. can't wait to watch. I just enjoy was, the way those two players good. play. That was good in Cleveland. It's going to be just as good here. I feel Maybe like it's going to be better. even better because I, f- I feel that has become a even bigger part of Northern Kentucky and stepped up into that kind of secondary role to work with uh, Vincent out yeah. even more. And, oh, it's – I look for that, – that those are two of my favorite bigs in the conference kind of going going at it. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's going to be great. Yeah. I think that is going to come down to um, – and I think, again, that's going to come down who, you know, who's get, who else is going to step on, to, on each of those teams. And I keep saying it again, you know, Trey Robinson is a, is a intricate piece of that, of that, of that Northern Kentucky lineup. Cleveland state needs to figure out who's that person for them. Is it Tay Williams? Is it Drew Louder? Is it Jason Woodridge? And you just don't know. And I also think the other thing that works to Cleveland state's advantage is that uh, Northern Kentucky, because of all the injuries, because of, you know, because of all the injuries and the departure of Cade Meyer, and incidentally, would probably would have been good to have him during the Northern Kentucky game, during the Milwaukee game, would have been great to have him then. But because of the, because of what the roster changes that have happened, the, the, to, that have happened in Northern Kentucky, they've had to play a lot more of their freshmen. And that's an inexperience. That's a level of inexperience that Cleveland State does not possess. They they'll probably possess it next year because they they signed a bunch of freshmen. But I think that is going to definitely come into play here as well for uh, for Cleveland State. Um, the consistency is going to be a big question mark, though, as it has been the entire season for both teams, but specifically Cleveland State on the road. Well. I'll I'll use your transition where you talked about you know next year Cleveland State has a bunch of freshmen why why have a bunch of freshmen when you could be like Oakland who's going up against Robert Morris on Thursday and uh, have like no actual freshmen and and just have all old transfers the Jack Golkies of the world and Buru who looks like he's about thirty years old and super athletic yeah, he does. Like, dude I love it like that is just a team that is is built the the exact opposite of having you know actual freshmen and yeah. all that and Absolutely. that's interesting and. And, you know, so we've got Oakland going to Robert Morris, their last game on the road in conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, for the, the rest of the year, other than the tournament, That's because true. they're going to host. They're going to host. So this will be their last road, actual true road game. Um, I ex- would expect Oakland to do what they do and beat Robert Morris. It'll be interesting to see if they get some of their injured players back. Will Blink Lantman be available? Will Tone Hunter be available? Who is just starting to become a valuable part of the Oakland yeah. um uh, rotation and then uh, now he's got a knee injury um so you know that'll be just something kind of interesting to watch does oakland let off the gas a little i hope not like i don't see I it don't I, think, I, I don't see them letting off the gas they they still have first place is still up for grabs mm-hmm. and i don't think i you know while having that first round by hosting it hosting the second round at home that's a great thing to have that's an accomplishment but i think they want more I think they want. I, I think they want. So I don't think you're going to let the foot off the gas at all. Especially and Robert Morris is. Oh, go ahead. Finish it. Especially when you consider that Green Bay is still in the hunt. And Robert Morris is just trying to fight to to not be ninth. You know, they're fighting really hard to probably get up into that eighth spot. You know, that's about the highest that they're going to likely climb. So they're they're still yeah. scrapping. And, and it's going to gonna be, to get up it's there. Gonna be tough for them. It, given looking what they have, looking who they're coming against this specifically this coming week, it's going to be a tough road to hoe for them. Oakland what, being one of them and Cleveland state, which for whatever reason, Cleveland state, in spite of being a really crappy road team does pretty well at Robert Morris just bullies them. They bullied them last year. So it could be the same thing here. Absolutely. And then, and then of course, we of, got that Wright State Detroit Mercy game. I was just going to say, speaking of bullies, we got Wright State going to Detroit Mercy. Well, that's not necessarily a bully game when you consider the fact that Wright State almost made that game way too interesting at the Nutter Center. Like, way to go, guys. I don't know how that's not a bully game. Like, Wright State has bigs. Detroit Mercy yeah. does not have bigs. 
So they if Wright not. State plays bigs against Detroit Mercy, who has no bigs, that seems to me like a recipe for a win. Oh, yeah, and then you still have Trey Calvin and Tanner Holden, who yeah. have kind of negated each other in a way. Like, I mean, we're not surprised by bit. that, but but they both just kind of are which there. It, where... Which, of course, means that Alex Hubris is going to score like 25. He just, know, he'll, just, he'll be the guy who just does that. And by the way, you don't need bigs. You need a big. That's it. Because if you looked at the Detroit Mercy-Purdue-Fort Wayne game, Purdue-Fort Wayne had a big. One yeah, big. I, Eric Muller. I like that pick. And he, he ate. He ate against Oakland, ate too. We, we didn't game. mention that. He he ate. He ate, and he put he got Dale Water, the caddy, in foul trouble. Although, how hard is that to do? Um, and yeah, he was dominant in that game. Yeah. So you just need a bit. So, so that's right. State and, and that's what right state should have did at, at the Nutter center, but they didn't do. So hopefully they figured that one out. Um, Purdue Fort Wayne plays green Bay on Friday. This is, um, uh, I'm, I would like to say Friday is uh Wisconsin day in the horizon league. It is. Cause we got Purdue Fort Wayne at green Bay. We got Youngstown state at Milwaukee. Those both look like trap games, big time, one for Green Bay, one for Youngstown State. You know, at this point in the season, there are no trap games. You've got to go and win your games if you want to, you know, yeah. those, those spots. And uh, I think that Green Bay is going to be ready. You know, they've had they've had some time off after that loss, and uh, I think they know what they got to do. And I, I here's a hint. Sonny Wicks, he's going to motivate. He's going to have them ready. Oh. And let me and let's remember that these last games for Green Bay, these last home games are a crest instead of rush. So it's going to be a much more intimate environment. Why is that? Do we or, know? Uh, Why did they move them? Uh, I think there's like uh, scheduling uh, with rush. I think was the thing. So that, I think if I'm Sunny Wicks, I'm pissed about that. I mean, I am. Are you though? Yeah. I mean, these... the way I the way I think about that is the same way I thought about when. Um, the mil- the first round the uh the round of the tournament last season that Milwaukee hosted uh, against Wright State they played it instead of at UWM Arena they played it at Kloshi and mm-hmm. look what happened at Kloshi that place was packed that place was rowdy that place was probably as much of a factor as mil as anything as mil that when Milwaukee dominated that game and I think um. Given the way things have gone for Green Bay this season, I think that is a perfect environment for them to kind of harness that rekindled enthusiasm in green in in the in the team again. So you know, I think that I think that's going to come to an advantage, not just for this game against Purdue Fort Wayne, but definitely, definitely against Youngstown State because that's going to be a critical game for both teams. Critical. You know, I hear you, and I, and, and I, I think you make good points, especially about the environment that can be created in a smaller gym. But for me, yeah. if I'm the head coach, I'm angry that I can't even get into my home gym during the conference season. It's not like you know the playoff game; you don't know if it's gonna if you're gonna host or not. You're not you, you, okay. Some an event's coming in or something cool, but like this is during your your regular season. You're coming down the stretch, trying to take your team from last to, to potentially first, and you can't even get your own home gym. That makes me angry. That's all. I mean, I, I, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, that kind of one of the, kind of one of the, the, uh, kind of one of the, the, you know, the downsides of not owning and not having ownership of your arena. Cause I don't think Rush is a, I don't, I'm pretty sure Rush is not owned by Green, uh, Green Bay. I think it's owned, I don't think it's owned by the university. I think it's owned by somebody else. So, all right. Well, that, and I don't. Is. I don't know the, those details, so I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll believe you. Yeah. So no, I think there. There was a. There was a. Uh, there was a story about because they. They have a lease on the Rush Center. Uh, Green Bay does, and I think that is up for renewal too. By the way, so whether you know, I. I see. You know, the the assumption is that that will get renewed. Um, what happens after that is beyond me, obviously. Well, so then we, so those are our, those are the fr- Friday in the horizon. Everybody's off Saturday, which I, is fine because everyone's kind of going to play Sunday. It's weird to not have Horizon League games next Saturday, though, to me. That's I'm just true. so used to like Saturdays for college basketball, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, we've but, got uh, Sunday games in this. 
then we got to figure out, oh, what are we going to record now? Like, I don't know. At least they're all pretty much within, past past all within an hour each other. or something. I don't know. <laughs> they're they're early. They're all, you know, it, it'll be fine. That's, it'll be fine. Yeah. So we talked about Cleveland State, Robert Morris, obviously. IUPUI at, at Northern Kentucky. Going to be ugly. Going to be ugly. Wright State, Oakland. Um, That's, the, I think, the marquee. Actually, it's one of the two marquee games, I think. Yeah. On the day. Yeah. The other one, the other one is right. Yeah. They're both at three o'clock, by the way. Oakland, Wright State, Youngstown State, Green Bay. Both of them are at three o'clock. They're at one o'clock, Bob. Oh, 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 three o'clock your time. My bad. Man, you got to stop doing that. The rest Afternoon of us are games. not in the Southwest offices of the Horizon Roundtable, Matt. That's too bad. It's going to be 60 here this week, just in case any of you North, uh, you know, Midwest folks need a uh, need You a know break. what? I looked at, I just checked the forecast. It's actually going to be in the 50s around these parts, too. So, Ooh, look at you guys. That's good for you. Maybe maybe the groundhog was right about it being in early spring. Uh, lucky You're hoping for, I guess. for everybody. But, uh, yeah, and, so. And then the last game is Purdue for Wayne, uh, the, also at 3 o'clock. So we got three 3 o'clock games, Wright State, Oakland, Youngstown State, Green Bay, and Purdue-Fort Wayne, Milwaukee. And Purdue-Fort Wayne, Milwaukee should be an interesting one, considering that's going to probably have some – that's definitely going to have some implications as far as, you know, the middle of the pack is concerned. So, yep, that one's definitely going to be a good one. It was a good one you know, last time. So, With all these games, they're, they're, they're so bunched up here as far as start times. When you come down the stretch, schedule makers of the Horizon League, could we, like, just offset them by even, like, a half an hour? That way you can kind of, at a minimum, as a Horizon League fan, be able to catch the ends of, of multiple games. At a minimum. That would be really great. Thanks for taking the feedback. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it, we've been hurt anything? that for a while, but... Eh. I mean, I, I think that might be that might be also something we want, might want to discuss with the individual schools, too, guys. You know... We have, you got games starting at two o'clock. So have them start at one thirty-two, two thirty-three, and three thirty. Who who's losing in this deal? Come on, like help us out. That'd be great. No, so all right. Uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up. I think we 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 covered a lot of ground today. We, we, we always cover a lot of ground because we're awesome. That's what that's our job. Our job. Our free job. So, all right. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, HorizonRoundtable.com, that's where you can find our podcast episodes and our articles. By the way, I'm go- I don't do this all the time, but I'm absolutely going to do this today. Um, Kyle Rossi wrote a feature on Cleveland State's Mikhail Purdue. Go read that thing. Go read it. Worth your time. Do it. Every All the articles are great. This one is the best. And I'm not exaggerating. Which is funny because it tops the other, the previous best, which was also written by Kyle Rossi. But HorizonRoundTable.com. That's where you can find your articles. Um, you can pull us up where podcasts are found, and you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next week, which which will probably be sometime in the evening because all the games don't end for a while. But until then, thank you all for listening.